And good morning, all things SR. And good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Pam. And how are you? <laughs> how are you this I morning? I am awake. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Um, good. Yeah, I, yeah, aside from a slight bump on my head and a little gash in my forehead. Yes, I... From being clumsy. I'm so glad you're okay. I mean... I don't know. Have does the does the crew know what happened uh, the other evening? No, no. I was goofing around with Kenzie online and with Leslie online. I think we were being ridiculous. You said. <laughs> <laughs> in the best um, way. And I went up in the best way. And I went upstairs to uh, get ready to hop in bed, or you know, just close up down here and, and I went upstairs and I normally don't turn the light on in my bedroom uh but I put the tv on so I, that's you know that's for what I need so because my room was so hot I put my window air conditioner on and as I was coming back I didn't realize that a box I had just gotten from QVC which was like right at the foot of my bed almost directly under it and the carpet or the rug that ran, runs down there was curled up a little bit. I tripped and I cracked my head open on the um, dresser okay. of my bed or, or in my bedroom. And I, 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 I'm wondering if anybody else heard the curse words that flew out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so that's because, what that noise was. Uh, <laughs> Yes. They heard, yes. They heard it all the way the across F the F-bombs. <laughs> the F-bombs were all over the place. <laughs> so, anyway. Oh, Pam, I'm so glad you're okay. But that was, as Ashley says, oh, no, Pam, ouch. Shell says, oh, goodness, I'm glad yes. you're okay. Um, I am, too. Elena said, perhaps you should be under a concussion protocol. Elena, I am till today. Yeah, you went right where I am. <laughs> my sister, yeah, my my sister's a nurse, and I my you know immediately had ice on it, and she looked at it and she said, "Are you dizzy? This or that? Do you, have you any problems with your vision? Are you nauseous? Yeah, um, you know, all that kind of stuff." So, but no, I'm okay. Wow, I just just uh, did a you know. A stupid pet trick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! It was so, yeah. Yes, it was fun. It's not pretty. Pam had texted me when she said what happened, and it was um, you got a good knock on your nugget. That's for sure. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> she she really knocked her head pretty what pretty good. So. As Elena says, we're glad you've got that sister there. That is for sure. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. You can't mess around when you she have a head injury. She didn't even hear me. My brother-in-law, like he, I, I think my brother-in-law was in my room faster than you can say Jack Spratt. <laughs> and he, I mean, he was just right there, and that was, you know, just being stupid, stupid Petra. It happens. <laughs> anyway, it happens. Yes. So. Yeah, everybody. It is, had been a long day. Oh, I know, but it's never fun when things out of the ordinary like that happen to you. 
Everybody mm -hmm. is talking in the chat about the unusually warm weather in the east coast of the U.S. Um, it's been in the 80s. Um, I actually, were, I'm here at Penn State in State College, Pennsylvania today. Um, yesterday it was in the 80s. Um, we had been here to meet our friends who were in for the weekend um, for the annual blue-white football game, which is a scrimmage game and a reason for alumni to come back to Penn State and have fun. And they drove out from Chicago, and it was in the 80s in Chicago. It's mid-April, people. Mm -hmm. That's not normal. So, yeah. and of course, Unless, it's, uh, Shell's noting it's 54 now, the coldest it has been all week this early, but we should hit 82 today. Yeah. Well, and Shelly, that's not too unusual for you in Vegas, right? I'm not sure. <laughs> and Bam, uh, Betty says, Bam, mm. you need a bottle of Willie's Vintage. <laughs> I do. He would, it would clear up right away. <laughs> but, yeah. And Brenda's just... It was fun. Brenda's just noting, Pam, glad you're feeling better. I guess that hard head got put to mm -hmm. the test, but I'm glad you're okay. Make sure you listen to your body. And continue to check your senses. absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. And you know, one of the one of one of the things, if I'd fallen on my left hip because I, I I had a bone density test last year, and they said I have a little start of the bone, what osteoporosis or whatever mm -hmm. it is, in my left hip, just a start. I mean, I it'll be fine, but that's my biggest fear. <laughs> anyway, and. Anyway, and Betty noted the hot weather only means one thing, ice cream. And Betty, I took oh, yes. I took a note out of that playbook last night. Um, our friends, after having a beautiful dinner at the Allen Street Grill, um, walked through campus and up to the Penn State Creamery, which um, Penn State has College of Agriculture, and they have a food, a great um, food mm -hmm. program. And so we had fantastic ice cream from the creamery uh which made my heart sing so really yes. really it is a good ex it's a good, good excuse when it's this hot to get a little sweet treat mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and i know that betty has uh noted that uh the norris farm she's thanking them <laughs> for all the delicious ice cream uh, mm -hmm. we wouldn't be able to do it without them betty absolutely <laughs> Um, Betty's saying what flavor I had, um, Turtle Creek. It is vanilla ice cream with the turtle candies that are chocolate and caramel and walnuts. It was really, really delicious. Every flavor is good there, though. That's every flavor. Well, I had my granddaughter. I had my granddaughter and bird in hand on Monday, Tuesday, mm -hmm. and I had. Chocolate peanut butter delight, Irvin. Uh, uh, yeah, chocolate peanut butter cup delight vanilla ice cream. Oh, that sounds delicious. The bird in hand. Yeah, it was good. Lots of lots of peanut butter, lots of chocolate, lots of vanilla ice cream. One of my favorites. Mm, delicious. So yes, it is. It is ice cream mother. I know. I have mare this afternoon, so I might hit Rita's with. Oh, her. that would be nice. That would. That's mm -hmm. always really refreshing. Yes, Rita's is a, uh, a a company here in Pennsylvania, and I think they've opened one in Tennessee. I think oh, okay. they've expanded to. I know they have a couple in Jersey. I think Delaware they have them, and I think they were talking about opening one in Chicago. Actually, uh -oh. I'll have to check it out because I'm heading uh, to Chicago tomorrow for work. Mm -hmm. But as Betty would call it, Italian ice. Um, my, my personal favorite is the lemon, but in Philadelphia, they call it water ice. Yes. And um, custard, so we'll have to take a stop. I think that sounds like a good anyway. plan. If you want to check it out, I mm -hmm. put the uh, website link in. Um, mm -hmm. They always gave away free ice on the first day of spring. To get they everybody did. in, that was a great promotion. I don't know if they still do it, but yeah, they I, do. We they did it this the, year, and uh, we used to take the girls. They close. They close. I think in October, and then they don't open till the first day of spring. Uh, okay. So, and that's what they do. So yeah, it's it's fun. I, you know, it's it's a nice little treat every now and then. 
<laughs> and read is Swedish fish. Mm -hmm. I'm, I like I said, I'm personally a lemon person, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway. Delicious. So what do we have in terms we, of uh, news from SR? And from new, well, he says the latest news is that Passion Flicks should be revealing the date location of the premiere of Gabriel's Redemption fairly soon. I've seen the new opening credits and they're beautiful. Again, Tosca has created beautiful work and I'm looking forward to sharing it. Mm. So that should be fun. I'm and so I know that they that. announced this week wall banger. I know that's a big pa that's, that's a big acquisition for Passion Flicks. What a is. great it franchise is. to uh, get become a part of with Alice Clayton. Absolutely. If you have not read Wallbanger, you I have love to. that it's book. Hilarious, and it's part of her cocktail. Her series. whole cocktail series. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. I think I know that there's Rusty Nailed. My um, Tide is another. My one. Tide, and there, there's a couple books yeah. I know. But in any event, yeah, it's good. So it'll be a lot of fun. And Alice Clayton, as some of you longtime SR fans know is the author who co-authored Roman Crazy um, with mm -hmm. our own Nina Bocci. So there's a, there is a, a nice connection uh, to SR uh, through that affiliation. Um, and mm -hmm. I'm going to put her, um, her website on. She, she's done a lot of um, her, her to, to say it's going to be a great rom-com is an understatement. Um, and the settings oh my God. Um, are just fantastic. I laughed at that book. I, you know, there, there are a few books that I actually sit down and have, have openly laughed at. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some that are very funny, but I'd not sit there and go, ah, <laughs> I'm reading. And this one I did, so it should be fun. It should be lots of fun. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward In to any that. Of I really, really hope to get to go to set for that one. Um, mm -hmm. And Flora said she just added Ballbanger to her Audible library. Can't wait to start. Um, I love the settings because um, they're in San Francisco and Sausalito. Um, and mm -hmm. then they travel to some other places that I will spoil for you. So it's super fun. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, Brenda thinks they're going to have great. wall banger coming up in the next few months for the book club. I, I thought they they will. And uh, Ellie said wall banger is one of my first for. Is it fan fiction reads? Long time coming, or what does FF stand for, Ellie? Mm -hmm. I, I fan fiction. But yeah, it was, it was, uh, I, I, rem I was doing, I remember, mm -hmm. uh, we were interviewing on the Florentine series, Kaz and Dana and I were interviewing Alice and Nina when Roman Crazy came out and, um, Kaz kept saying, oh, you've got to read it. You got to read it. And Dana was saying the same thing. And so yes, I, and, I and FF for, was for fan sure. fiction just exactly. for you listening. Um, who aren't so, in the chat. I yeah, just wanted to make sure I it's a lot captured of Ellie's sentiment correctly. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, yes, I it is it, it, it is cool. a book you can go back to again and again and get a great laugh. Very, very fun. So, totally looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I... I I, I, I can't find my book, and I don't know whether I lent it out and never got it back, but so I just ordered the new one, um, and it's not on, on um, That's surprising. Kindle. We'll have to see. Um, get it on Kindle. Definitely worth, um, so. definitely worth the listen or yeah. the read, for sure. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. In any event, yeah, we are still so. <laughs> in, in any one of the epic chapters that SR writes. And we're, when I mean epic in this term, in I'm talking 10. about the length. Um, we're actually in ch the chapter 10, part four of Gabriel's Redemption. And as you recall from our last podcast, we are in the UK at Oxford at the Dante uh, event um, that was organized 
um, by Catherine Picton. And there have been a lot of activity happening uh, the day, during the day. There was the appearance of the evil Crystal Peterson, who kind of threw things into a, a tailspin um, by spreading her lies about this couple. And Julian Gabriel got in a tiff because Gabriel started calling her out on it, and Julia didn't want him to bring attention to it. Um, so it was very, very um, acrimonious at some points. And she wanted, by the by, this point in the chapter, um, the day had they day was coming to an end. They had made up essentially. They had both realized that they should have listened to each other. And Catherine had wanted to take um, Julia out to dinner, and she had done that at the or for a drink to have a little chat with the eagle. The bird and the baby, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so Catherine, Catherine kind of mm-hmm. revealed some the fowl um, and the fetus surprising secrets during that Legal conversation, and, and uh, also gave Julia some very sage advice about, you know, standing up for herself and you know not letting her husband fight her battles for her, as only Catherine can. <laughs> Um, and so we mm-hmm. now begin right after the, um, the drinks and they were going to meet up with Gabriel for dinner. So it begins, uh, with mm-hmm. Gabriel, um, kind of reflecting he had, while they were out having their conversation, um, Gabriel was spending time. Um, when he's spending time away from Julia, he visited some old and new friends at the King's Arms. Using his silver tongue charms to work, he was able to convince half of the staff of the academics who were at the conference that Krista Peterson was just a jealous ex-student and that he and Julia were victims of her slander. Feeling buoyant and satisfied, he left to join Julia and Catherine for dinner. So we had actually asked SR um, if he had visited the King's Arms pub and what kind of wine was flowing. Um, So he had said, when I was researching Gabriel's redemption, I visited Oxford a couple times in order to refresh my memory of the sites and locations. I spent time at Magdalen and visited both the King's Arms and the Eagle and the Child. I don't think it's a great idea to order wine in an English pub, he noted. It's better to drink beer, but sometimes the wine may surprise you. <laughs> so, um, of course, I, I, I figured he had been there. I couldn't remember if we had asked him that specific question on another, at another time, but I was, I was curious if he had you know, actually been to that location. Did you go there when you were in yeah. Oxford? No, I didn't go there. I didn't go to the King's Arms. I think mm-hmm. I walked by mm-hmm. it. So, you know, as Gabriel walked in and they met, he was meeting up with them for dinner. Catherine's conversation was flowing like the wine, and Gabriel was keeping up with the conversation. Um, he noticed, though, that Julia was sitting fairly quietly, um, more quiet than usual. She kind of picked out her dinner, and you could see the look in her eye that she was pretty tired and everything had caught up with her um, the day was exhausting she was already stressed out about being there and uh, about presenting there and so she was pretty beat as she excused herself to use the restroom Catherine gave Gabriel a look and <laughs> so Catherine now is turning her sights onto Gabriel to give the wisdom of her years. So, mm-hmm. so, and Shell wants to know if it was appalling bathwater <laughs> or wine. That we don't know, but I think SR is right. If you're at a pub, you probably should order the order the beer. Um, absolutely, I would order the wine though, absolutely. They're a drinker. But I probably, if they had it, I would have gone for the spirits.
Well, you know, you can, they're, they're, um, they do have spirits mm-hmm. that, you know, any, any time I've been a pub in a pub in, in England, I usually just do, um, the, what's on mm-hmm. tap because then it's, then it's usually pretty local from the area or it's Guinness or Smithwick's. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, you know, sometimes they do curling on tap and, and sometimes <laughs> the other thing that's really good that they have in the bottle is a good, um, cider, hard mm-hmm. ciders. They're really nice. The wine, you don't know how long they've been opened in the bar, right. in the pubs. If, if it's, if it's, if it's a, like a, an everyday pub that everybody goes to all the time, any time of the day or night, it's like that. But if you go to an, and this is not the right way to say it, but an mm-hmm. upscale pub, you're, you'll yeah. be fine. You'd well, be fine I think it'll be wine. good. As Michelle <laughs> asks, as appalling as bathwater or wine. Mm-hmm. And Betty's mm-hmm. asking, is the boss a wine critic? And she said, notes the boss. Could be. Drop the wine, pick up the beer, insert the Godfather theme song. Forget both. I'd rather have the cannoli, Betty. Um, so, yeah, there's you know it and as uh as shell noted the picton stare and you are right because the stare is now focused squarely on gabriel and she said gabriel you must let the girl rest she's worn out gabriel's only comment was yes he knew he knew it's been a grueling day Mm -hmm. for both of them um and as Catherine emptied her wine glass she noticed that gabriel had not been drinking and she asked if he had stopped And, um, (laughs) and she said, he said, yes. And Catherine added that it was good to go through periods of teetotaling. She had done it herself. And she asked, he would accept some maternal advice, even though she was not his mother. So now, you know, when Catherine even asked the question, it's going to be something good, right? And Shellness, the Picton stare can be reproachful or Mm -hmm. disdainful. (laughs) Tracked it at your peril. (laughs) So. Exactly. And she asked, uh, he asked, you know, you know, when she says that, that's definitely a cue. So he's thinking what's going on. He said, um, you know, about what, what advice Mm -hmm. do you want to, what do you want to talk to me about, Catherine? She told him that she worried sometimes about his ability to handle detractors. And especially now you're married. And he tried to disagree, but she continued on as only Catherine would. And she said she was old, but she believes she can act how she wishes. But he could not be Julian's champion at academic conferences. And she squarely put it on. Um, very bluntly, if you rise to her defense, it'll make her look weak. When Gabriel tried to defend himself regarding Krista, um, and he said she was trying to hurt both of their careers, Catherine stopped and said that she did understand that. But in that case, his actions may have done more harm than good. As Gabriel frowned, Catherine decided to change her tactics. And she mentioned that they had been good friends. And if she ever had a son, he would be equal in intelligence and talent. Um, you can tell Catherine is incredibly fond of Gabriel and of Julia. They're, they are her family mm-hmm. in a way. Um, and he thanked her mm-hmm. very much for that comment mm-hmm. and told her mm-hmm. he valued their friendship as well. And yes, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, Lady reason. picked it. Mm-hmm. And was he picking a good scotch or whiskey? Uh, you know, it depends upon what, what part of England he's in. Could be a good scotch. If he mm. goes to Northern Ireland, it would be a good Irish. <laughs> anyway, so mm-hmm. Catherine mentioned that she had given advice to Julia earlier. And, and no doubt that she'd probably tell everything that they talked about, but before she returned, Catherine wanted uh, Julia to remember what she said. She's a nice young woman, and she's very bright. Let her brightness shine. 
and you know, so Gabriel looked at the at the light reflecting on his wedding ring, and you know, he could, he kind of understood what that was all about, and that's all he wanted for her. So uh, Catherine was satisfied with that, and she asked when she uh, had was coming to um, Harvard. Would uh, he? Um, would um, she be invited you know, for again, dinner? Again, it's, it's demonstrating the closeness of their relationship. And Anna notes um, in the chat that Gabriel respects Catherine mm. more than any other woman or mother figure, even more than Grace. Um, and I think it's that academic. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, the academic side of him, definitely. So, so DJ, Catherine's telling Gabriel about, well, and every time I come to Boston, Greg Matthews always taking me to these... <laughs> Uh, dinners, molecular gastronomy restaurants that serve deconstructed <laughs> entrees cooked in liquid nitrogen, and she could never decide whether she was having dinner or setting, <laughs> sitting that for an exam in organic because chemistry. It is, it is chemistry. I mean, that's the whole, <laughs> the whole thing with that I, type I, of cuisine. I looked it up. They transform oh, yeah. it to something else. And, it's crazy. And uh, it, it's, uh, we asked SR, have you been to a molecular gastronomy restaurant and did you love it or hate leave it? And he said, I've had molecular gastronomy and I don't particularly enjoy it. I like to know what I'm eating and am able to recognize <laughs> it. <laughs> I, I, there was one thing I looked up yesterday and it was like they have caviar and it's made like from egg whites, <laughs> and I, I mean, it, it just—it's—it's—it's it's it's, it's a very different way. It's definitely kind of an out of the box type of experience. That's for sure. Out of uh, oh yeah, yeah, a traditional way of thinking. Um, so, but but after he responded to this um, this note, it for us for the questions. <laughs> He said, I, I, I sent him a note yesterday afternoon and I said, should I get rid of my vegetti? <laughs> so the, that makes zucchini spaghetti <laughs> for when he comes to dinner. We've, we, we've, I've had a good laugh with the vegetti for a few years now. But he says, they make spaghetti out of zucchini? <laughs> I'm like, yes. <laughs> I think he blew his, uh, blew his mind about that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it's there's a lot of discussion here about um, in the chat room about the respect. You know, Anna's comment uh, mm -hmm. had triggered a couple comments here, um, noting that Shell notes it's the Dante bond. At, Anna mm -hmm. notes it's academic, but Catherine is real, and um, mm -hmm. and then it's Grace is the everybody is good, unrealistic attitude. Um, well, I think from his lens, right, that's not surprising. Mm -hmm. um, and shell notes regarding the molecular gastronomy, it sounds disturbing. <laughs> and it says, well, I don't know about flour cheesecake, I am done. <laughs> well, I, I know, I know you can get pizza that has cauliflower dough. That's good. I had that. I actually like that. And you can make um, cauliflower mm -hmm. rice and mashed cauliflower like you would make mashed potatoes, which I don't think I'd like, but that's not. I story. like it. As long as you season it, that's the key. The seasoning is the key. See, my, yeah, it's the Irish. It's, got, it's a potato, <laughs> potato, potato. It's potatoes, Sorry. meat, or nothing at all, right? That's that's about the size of it. And Elena noted I that and I don't and I don't do turnips even though they was so wrong. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so after dinner, Gabriel and Julia decided they were going to walk Catherine back to All Souls, mm -hmm. and uh, then they had agreed to meet for breakfast. And Catherine t t told them in her own way, "You better be there by eight thirty in the morning. Don't be late." And Gabriel, being chivalrous, mockingly chivalrous, bowed and said, I wouldn't think of it. Um, 
as and so as she went into the All Souls, uh, she says, "See that you don't." And he left. So Gable, you know, <laughs> well, and, and her hand. I think that just demonstrates uh, the comment that Floor added. She said, "Catherine is so authentic. I don't think she can never not yes. be herself, especially when she wants to speak her mind." I'll tell you what, Catherine Picton reminds me of my neighbor, God mm -hmm. rest her, Mrs. Coleman. She, the voice, the the way she acts mm -hmm. to things, um, as she was our neighbor growing up, I know her daughter Gail real well, and um, but she was like very matter of fact, in fact she took my I my one of our my mom's friends that one of the other neighbors had a son who was a teenager who was starting to go down a not so great path for a 16 mm -hmm. year old and this this was before pot well I shouldn't say before pot because pot was around but it wasn't as prevalent as then as it was when yeah. I was in high school and um it kind of took him under wing and got him he went from like just barely passing classes to making honor roll every semester. And she just, like I said, she really just took him under wing and helped him along. And, and uh, my friend ended up becoming a dentist. Oh my so gosh. You can tell that he had picked up something from her. But Katie was also the one that um, when in 1965, when the Mustang mm -hmm. came out, she bought a red Mustang convertible. And at the time, one of the gas stations, I don't know whether it was Esso or Mobile or one of them, you got a little tiger for your tank, a little, you got this little tiger tail that you could, you know, tie onto the gas tank door so it would hang oh, out yeah. so it looked like you had a tiger <laughs> in your tank. She went out and bought a, a brown fall, <laughs> ponytail fall, and attached it to the gas tank, which was <laughs> that you, you put the gas in behind the car, uh -huh. you know below the trunk had it tied to that so when the car drove down it had like a the tail of a horse oh my gosh <laughs> she's a, she, she, she was like a, hoot. a she really was and anna notes that she knew a catherine and absolutely loved her r.i.p professor annette Pish. Mm -hmm. yes there are certain people in your life who they are really like are that, yeah. their own individual, very strong um, persona, mm -hmm. um, and just will speak speak and the Catherine truth. And Catherine is one of those people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. Oh, Katie! Katie was. I remember Katie took us to. It was a summertime, and we always had a house at the shore growing up, and and we only had one car. And my father had that for work, and he would come <clears throat> down on Friday nights and go back mm -hmm. Sunday. But Katie, this was a really rainy day. She picked up my mom, my sister and I, my friend uh, Barbara and Peter and their mother, and we all went to Atlantic City to go to the movies. We went to see Hawaii. Uh, I'll never forget that. In the convertible, but the top up because it was raining and the tail gone. Behind. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. and Elena notes that and she, the other, if we look hard enough, we can all find someone who was or is our professor. Oh, Pitton. most definitely. Uh, Elena's was her was a special aunt. Her aunt mm -hmm. was the Picton in her life, which is great. And Florence, I love well, Catherine's character. She's that motherly friend we all need. Yep, <laughs> and also. Katie, by the way, was from Maine. She grew uh -huh. up in Maine. So yes. she, she happened to marry... A strong New England constitution. Absolutely. She happened to marry a, a, a genius who had his PhD in mm. physics. And his dissertation when he uh, for his doctorate was the rotor for helicopter. Oh, wow. Because they didn't have back rotors on the back of them, and so when the helicopter would go up, the, the craft itself was spinning, not the. So he put the rotor on there to keep that from happening. Anyway, cool. yeah, it is cool. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so after you know, as they're walking back, and he dropped her off, and uh, he said I, he reached for uh, Julia's hand. She said, "I want to take you for a ride, or take you for a walk through oh, to see the Radcliffe camera." And uh, he knew she was tired, but it, it was a, a, a building that he um, 
he, when he was a student in Oxford, would, would go walk around a lot. And uh, the architecture was really impressive, and she really liked it. So Gabriel told her that he used to spend a lot of time walking around the building. And I've added a link. Yeah, Can I'm you grab it grab or do it. you want me to try to grab it? Um, okay. Uh, what the, uh, a little bit about the uh, Radcliffe camera at Oxford. It's super and cool. That it is. It is. It is super cool. And it's one of part of their uh, their library type system. I mean, of course, you everybody knows about the Bodleian, but there's also Duke Humphreys and a couple of others that are around it. And it's a, I believe it's across from one of the churches. I think Mary Magdalene or something. Anyway, well, as Julia admired uh, the architecture, and if I did just put the link in um, so you can see the Radcliffe mm -hmm. camera. Um, you know, Julia was already enthralled with this place, the, the place where Tolkien roamed. And as she admired the architecture and the beauty of the stone and the dome of the Radcliffe camera, Gabriel cupped her cheeks and wanted to t said to her that he wanted to talk to her about what happened this morning. And she tensed under his touch. So he already knew this was a very sensitive subject. Then, looking in her eyes, sincerely apologized for embarrassing her. And she noted she knew it was hard for him to walk away from Krista at first. And she was very grateful that he did. And she also made the comment that she's, you still like to fight. And that's not an uncommon thing, right? You know, this was part of his nature. Right. And he took her hands and held them to her chest. And he, he said he liked to fight with other people. He didn't want to fight with her. So, mm -hmm. so he also continued on saying that Crystal is a bully. And the only way to deal with bullies is to confront them. And Julia replied that sometimes you got to let the nastiness just speak for itself. Um, <laughs> what do you guys think of that? Um, do you think it's better to go straight on with the bully or kind of let their actions speak for themselves? Curious what the chat folks think. Um, yeah, I think for me, I, I've always tend to ignore depending them. Depending on what it is. What were you saying, Pam? I said I tend to ignore mm -hmm. bullies. And I don't know whether, because I, I was bullied as a little girl by some mm. neighbors. And, you know, it's not fun, but... Uh, rather than let it hurt me anymore, hurt, you know, especially with them. Side at eight years old, you can sneak through backyards to your friends' houses so you can avoid them. Um, I just, I don't know, I just, that was the only time I ever really had to deal yeah. with the bully. So. Betty says, I guess it depends. Um, the grown-up thing to do is to ignore, but sometimes you have to speak up. Anna notes said he is going to acquiesce to Julia. And Brenda notes that mm -hmm. they will show their true colors and they are the ones who look stupid at the end. And you're right about that. Absolutely. You're right, you're right about that. Usually that's kind of what does them in, you know. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes they can't help but say something. Yeah, I think it's very situational. Well, we are human. Yeah, we are human. Mm -hmm. You know, things that, you know, you're taught growing up of what to do or what not to do don't necessarily translate when you're in the middle of something, either. Mm -hmm. so as an adult, so I, I mean, it's it it's is true. what it is. And Shell notes now, as an adult, if someone wants to act an ass, I will treat them like the ass. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so you know, Gabriel did say, you know, I can't let bullying go on. Um, Julia's response about letting nastiness speak for itself, you know, I think also mm -hmm. is a valid point. Um, or let the target decide for herself what to do is what she said. So the right. object of the bullying, let the person who was in the bullseye of that attack, let mm -hmm. them know what to do. Uh, and I think, I think in, in, in their case, because of the academic background that they're living through right at the moment I think that you know I that I can understand Gabriel's 
wanting to attack back. But I think if they had let it go and just let their academic prowess show mm-hmm. through, would have put her, would have shut them up about right. Krista. But right. Um, I, di- <laughs> I digress. Well, for one thing, I think it depends because you don't want to stoop to their level, but you also want to stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. And Anna, a resident mm-hmm. therapist in the chat room of all things SR, says, you know, don't confront the bully in a public setting and give them the attention they want. Confront the bully in private and mm-hmm. squash them like a bug or let it play out and karma will take care of it. And naive and undick. I know, and. <laughs> Anna speaking her truth, just like Picton. Um, yeah, and I think you're right. I always say when people are acting out, they're trying to draw that attention. Don't feed into it. You know, I, I completely agree with that. You would need to pull Absolutely. them aside and do something in private because they're seeking that. They're seeking that public engagement, and you're feeding right into what uh, what they're trying to do. Um, and oftentimes it's really for a negative end, not for anything positive. Something that that I pointed out that I saw in the and when I was going through the chapter was, you know, how she didn't realize that um, Krista and Professor Singer knew each other. So my question is, because Krista's mm-hmm. like whatever. And Anna Singer, Professor Singer, will be all over the place. Did they have a fling? Well, that's something we could ask SR about. We could. And I, I was just, you know, just I was thinking about that on the mm-hmm. background of it. I, I don't, well. I could see it. I don't know, because what would Krista be getting out of it? Unless she was, unless well, she was that's doing just something. Well, I don't know. That's an interesting thought. I, yeah, I, I mean, I just because it seems like, well, I mean, obviously, no, Toronto, things get around Toronto and at the university and whatever. But um, I just I, I just thought about it a little bit. And, you know, Krista can, can, can be mean when she wants to be. And usually is. Uh, not in the same sense as Professor mm-hmm. Payne, but... Yeah. So anyway, that that, that was a, as Betty says, kind of a, that's a good question. <laughs> and Krista could be singing her, her power, you know. Right. Happiness. Right. Who knows? Um, anyway. So Bill said, you know, he could he could definitely let her decide for herself, you know, or at least he would try. Um you know, it's it's hard for him. He doesn't want to see somebody go after a person he cares about. Um, she brushed his lips and said that she was truly sorry that Krista had brought up Professor Payne. She didn't realize they didn't know each other. And his, Gabriel opened his eyes and there was pain in them. And you could tell this really struck a nerve. And he said, I had already confessed my past. Why must I always be reminded about it? She apologized. She said she was sorry, wrapping her arms around Gabriel. And then she talked. uh, She actually spoke the word Caravaggio. And Gabriel asked, you know, why did you say that? She had told him. She remembered the story when Gabriel was sharing with her the story of Caravaggio and the painting of St. Thomas, Jesus, and how the scars heal, but will always be, even though they are healed, they're always present, right? They're always visible. They're always around. Um, And this is a theme that we've talked about quite a bit in SR's work. This idea of the scars being with you always, having carrying that pain with you or carrying that trauma or carrying that um, that that burden um, with you, even though they heal, it's still there. You eliminate your past, but it's it still there. Not have to control you. 
you know, even if it was in your past. <laughs> so while Gabriel understood, he said that not everyone wants to be reminded of their past sexual encounters in front of their colleagues, <laughs> which is true, right? He was publicly embarrassed and he didn't appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Um, and Anna notes that Gabriel's never going to stand down if Julian's being maligned, especially in public. I agree with that. Betty right. says, I think Krista would try to get some ideas of what she thinks the professor would like in the bedroom, so she might be tempted to spend time with Professor Singer. Well, that, Although, who's to tell us that Singer that's what I'm thinking, Krista, and that's how she connected the dots. That, that could be too, but I mean, I, I could see Krista getting involved for mm -hmm. certain trips. Yeah. Well, and... Elena notes Krista that knew quite would a lot. Make her a better. She knew quite a lot about Gabriel's interaction with Singer. Why would Singer just share that info without mm. getting something for herself? Control. Right. Well, hmm. but I, I think you know, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. It, I, it's, it's just a long thought that I had yesterday. I was typing this up, and, and I thought the possibility. You know, Krista wants to be such a mad magnet, and. You know, just to be able to have the sexually of somebody, even not in a BDSM type right. way, um, to prolong pleasure or whatever, that would, um, you know, that that would be enticing to a male mm -hmm. partner. Let me put it that way. Um, that she could learn. She could learn that from Anna. You know, from yeah. Sam. Oh, although Shell notes that CFP is a pushy broad, and I don't think Professor Payne would be interested in her as a sub. So, no. You know, it would, that would be an interesting question to ask SR, and I actually think SR would respond like Betty did, saying that's a good question. <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. know if he would go mm -hmm. into that, but it is kind of a curious connection. Uh, um, it is. You know, and if Paul had... Professor Singer for his class, it's possible that Krista would have had to have taken her class as well. So you never know. That's mm -hmm. I think it's an interesting backstory. That could be another interesting fan mm -hmm. fiction opportunity for you writers out there. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And, you know, Anna's noting that Julianne always throws Gabriel's past at him, you know, since she brought up about the Professor Payne and she brought up, um, mm -hmm. you know, the Caravaggio discussion. Um, but I think you were meaning the, the professor, the interaction that, that he had with her. Um, mm -hmm. um, Anna pointed out the singers to teaching Krista to be a dom. It's possible. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah, well, 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 I'll note that and we'll, if we can send it off to SR. I'll be but, curious um, response, you know, yeah. what he says. Because, you know, while... Yeah. And, and you know, as the, this part of the chapter, uh, Elena's noting, or Betty notes, that Paul was almost a victim too, which was mm -hmm. true. And Elena notes, I think Krista's willing to swing every way but Tuesday. <laughs> if she thinks there's something okay. in it for her. Okay, maybe Tuesday as well. Mm -hmm. And I guess that was my initial question. What's in it for Krista? Like, why would she? Right, right. Why would she seek out? Um, why would she seek out Singer? Except maybe to have her as a teacher, as Anna noted, and, and mm -hmm. not in the mm -hmm. um, in the academic realm. So, right. yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, Shell notes, I'm all for women's empowerment, being yourself in all ways. But when it impacts others negatively to their own personal gain, then they are just a plain hoe. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. what are you going to hey, do? You like what you like, right? Um, True. Men who do that are man hoes, she notes. <laughs> There are plenty um, of them. I knew one very well, God rest his yeah, soul. But I think your point but, uh the piece is whether it's impacting others negatively or not. Everything needs to be in a consensual mm -hmm. relationship here. Absolutely. That's the key. Yeah. Consenting adults, if it were. 
So, and inquiring minds want to know. Wasn't that the National Enquirer's yes, tagline? Yes, yes, it was. Maybe that's how we'll start the email to SR asking him about Krista and uh, Professor Singer. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, Gabriel just you know made the comment. You know, not everyone wants to be reminded about their past in front of their colleagues. And Julia reminded him that anyone who judged you based on the gossip in that group is not a friend. And on the converse, those that know you will ignore it, which is true. And then I also think mm -hmm. that Catherine's point she made earlier um, in the last, when we talked about this last week, that he might be seen as a champion um, to some of the academics who heard of his sexual exploits. So, you know, the point is, don't worry about what other people are thinking of you. Um, and he sincerely thanked Julia, telling her that people and circumstances will try to pull them apart, and we just can't let that happen. And I think that goes to the core of their relationship, that they need to mm -hmm. be kind and good to each other and to move on, even in the midst of lots of detractors. And Julianne agreed, and she said, we won't. He had not meant to ignore her, he mentioned, because she meant more to him than anything. And, of course, she agreed, and they kissed. And that ends this section of Chapter 10. And we did ask SR about um, if Gabriel still truly did like to fight. And if Julia realized that Gabriel's hurt and shame uh, was still so strong around Professor Singer. And as Sar noted, I think Gabriel likes to fight, but I also think that Julia knows him well and she picks up on his feelings concerning the professor. So, um, mm -hmm. and you know, you know what? I, I, every relationship, I think at some point in time has done something hurtful to the other. I, I mean, I know certainly there were things that were brought up to me at one point in time that hurt me, and I'm sure I reciprocated in that with my late husband, too. Mm -hmm. So, there, you know, I, I think it does happen. I think it's a matter of having, being overly tense, whatever it may be, and it comes out. It's, you know, there was, a, I think there was an old poem someone used to we used to speak to me about many, many years ago, you know, there are certain things you can retract, like the spent hour, the bullet, the whatever, but you can never take back words. So, this is true. I don't know. I don't remember the whole thing, but it was something in that, that, that vein. So, yeah. yeah. So, who knows? Well, and, you know, I, I think there's, um, that's why you have to really think before you speak, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, you know, to the, the point about Gabriel liking to fight, Shell points out that he does enjoy fencing and boxing. So they both are pretty combative mm -hmm. in the, in the sport as well. Betty uh, suggests that maybe E.L. James could write the fan fiction um, called Shades of Pain. Um, very funny, Betty. <laughs> um, and Shell says she wants to know about Krista and Dean Aris. She's curious if there's a backstory there. And Anna notes in Fifty Shades, Elena acted as a sub for Christian to teach him Dom behavior, which That's is true. true. And um, Floor had said Krista's in many ways like Singer, and I think they would clash because they have such strong personalities. She definitely would not want Krista as a pet. Although she'd want her subservience, I don't think Krista would go for it. Um, no. And always remember, as Anna notes, words are forever. You never forget what is That's said right. and how you felt. That's right. True. You know, and I think it's, you know, we're all human, and I think it's sometimes we do get yeah. do that. Yeah. And we know if we lash out a certain way, it'll hurt the person if you're trying to hurt them. But in any, we always try, I, I, I just... Jim and I, when we first got married, we went through that mm -hmm. a little bit. But that, you know, like you learn how, you're still learning about each other and you're learning how to fight with each other and, and 
so it doesn't become hurtful or angry or you learn how to, to truly and effectively communicate is what you have you have to do exactly. to navigate it exactly it's true i mean relationships exactly. are tricky um and i think communication or breakdown of communication is always the um you know always one of the key mm -hmm. components that you have to have in order for things to work. And Anna notes that 100% mm -hmm. forgiveness is a fallacy. Well, I think, I don't think there's anything 100%. I, I agree with that statement, Anna. Um, or, or you strive, maybe you strive for complete forgiveness, but you still have that hurt in there of being It's always mulled. there. It's always there, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I have to, I, I want to mull that over. Can you get to that point? I of think it depends to be a hundred percent free of, of that. I think hurt. it depends. Think it depends. It, de it depends upon how the person hurt you. Yeah. I mean, there there are slights that you can that hurt a person, and you can get angry with them, and you know they'll be forgiven and forgotten. But there are other slights, much more serious, like let's say an affair. Where that's always in the back of the mind somewhere. Right. So. Well, and Brenda says, um, as Richard said, it's an art, not a science, or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And she said, it'll always be in the back mm -hmm. of the minds because we're human. Um, and there will be triggers, she notes, and Anna notes acceptance. Yes. Okay. So you have the acceptance piece along with the forgiveness. And I think that's. Mm -hmm. what they're navigating here, right? They're, they're working through things that things didn't go the way Julia wanted. Um, because Gabriel kind of reacted when she wanted him not mm -hmm. to engage. Um, right. mm -hmm. and Gabriel likewise wanted her to be okay with him engaging. Um, right. So yeah, it's, it's just the way they're navigating through their relationship. So, and that, you know, and that's, and that's, and that's what it is. <laughs> that is what it is. And Brenda says, like they say, you can forgive but never forget. Um, so, but, and I think that's where acceptance, uh, as Anna points out, is huge. So, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. you know, it's another thoughtful section of chapter 10. Um, there's going to be... Yep. Uh, discussion next week of our next part of it. Pachiani. <laughs> Pachiani. Pachiani. Yes. And Krista. Yes. It will It'll be, be interesting. interesting. By the way, did you know that Krista and Vic and I share <laughs> I do believe you mentioned that to me once or twice. <laughs> I think I have once or twice. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, it's going to be actually, so, that'll be great to see on the well, screen. You know. I can't wait to see their interaction. Um, and it's always. I know, it'll be good. Because both of them portray such evil characters and they are just the sweetest, kindest people in real life. They really do a great job. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he says, Pachiani's back with Krista. Let there be war. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, and and uh, forgiveness absolutely. is what the perpetrators want to feel for absolution. Anna notes. And Shell says, mm -hmm. I don't always agree with forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I just cut them out and move on. So there's still a lot of discussion in the chat around mm -hmm. that idea. Um, mm -hmm. As Flora said, I agree, Shell, but as we were saying, we never forget. So. We don't. But that's anyway. how we learn, and that's how we grow. That is. That is. And we will be back next week with our wonderful Christian Vitt birthday buddy <laughs> and uh, Krista. Well, we'll be talking about the characters. And yes, Let's Kenzie, I did mention it again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's be clear. <laughs> We're going to be talking chapter 10, I, I, part 5 of Gabriel's Redemption. Part five. And guess what? It'll be the very end of chapter 10. <laughs> it's like the, the never-ending um, uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas uh, chapters. 
<laughs> yes. earlier last year. Yes, I mean, we started Christmas and ended it at New Year's <laughs> or something. It started at Thanksgiving. Yes. Anyway, so what so, are you all right, so we will all today. catch us this week. Today. <laughs> the thong song. <laughs> my sister. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I guess in honor of the heat. Uh, <laughs> Sounds good to oh me. Oh, my gosh. Thank you all for joining us today. And if you're listening out another time, thanks for checking out the podcast. Uh, have a wonderful, wonderful week. <laughs> have a good weekend, everybody. <laughs> and those celebrating Orthodox Christmas or Easter, enjoy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like a pop, cause she was living like me, that low guy. She had dumps like a truck.